This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Hey, we're uh, in week two. We started a series last week called Now I See, and uh, we're going to continue it this week, and we're going to continue it next week. Um, so if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got the phone with the Bible app, pull out your phone with the Bible app, okay? And then I want you to look at your neighbor, look in the eyes, okay? Look him in the eyes, turn to your neighbor, say, it's going to be a good day. Say, it's going to be a good day. Say, are you ready? You got to be a little more. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 11. Um, this is the story of Lazarus. We're going to kind of walk through the story today. And um, that's really my heart and my passion, um, is to take the Word of God and make it come alive. Um, I believe this in my core. You don't need me. You need Jesus. And you need the Word of God. The Word of God is what sets us free. The Word of God is what gives us revelation. The Word of God helps us to have real, true understanding in this life. And so we're going to work through this story today, and God's going to reveal a lot to us, I believe, and it's going to be, it's going to be great. All right, verse 1, it says this, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Um, sorry if you don't have the Passion Translation. It's a great, great translation. They took a bunch of scholars and uh, Hebrew men and, and people that knew the original language, and they pulled them all together to try to write a version uh, that was as true and is close to the original text uh, that was written over 2,000 years ago. Verse 1, it says this, In a village of Bethany, there was a man named Lazarus, and his sister Mary and Martha was one who would anoint Jesus' feet with costly perfume and dry his feet with her long hair. One day, Lazarus became very sick to the point of death. So his sisters sent message to Jesus, Lord, our brother Lazarus, the one you love, is very sick. Please come. A Lazarus is sick, okay? And I think sometimes when we look at the Word of God, we look at a story, and at the moment, we might, we might not be sick. We might not be physically ill. And so we'll see a story, we'll go, that's nice, Lazarus was sick, but we don't really put ourselves into the story. We don't really engage with the story. So we really need to, number one today, put ourselves inside the story and realize that when the Bible says that Lazarus was sick, yes, he was sick in his body, but the word sick can mean a lot of different things in this life, okay? Sick can mean, yes, I'm sick in my body. I know for me, last Sunday, as soon as church was over and I got into the car, it was like I felt like a truck had hit me. It was like all the adrenaline came out of my body. Everything was done. And I realized really quickly that I wasn't feeling well. And I went to the doctor this week and he confirmed it. And yes, I've been sick this week. So sometimes we can be sick in our body. Sometimes we can be sick in our mind. Sometimes we're dealing with depression. Sometimes we're dealing with deep 
sadness, dark places in our mind. We can have sickness in our minds. I know that uh, a lot of times in life we don't like talking about it, but there are issues of mental uh, health issues where people are struggling with things in their mind and they're very real. You can be sick in your mind. You can be sick in your soul. There can be a place in your soul that your soul is constantly looking and searching for something in this earth to fulfill you, to make you happy. You're looking for a new something that's going to bring satisfaction to your soul. You can be sick with the past. Maybe you had a traumatic experience growing up. Maybe there was some form of abuse or something very tragic, a traumatic moment happened in your past, and you're sick always because you're always thinking about that moment, and you feel like your life is always linked back to that moment when you were growing up. Maybe you're sick because you lost somebody. You lost a family member. You lost a friend. You lost somebody that was close to you. Maybe you're sick in your relationships. Maybe your marriage is sick. Maybe your friendships are sick, your, 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 your relationships with, with deep family members. Listen, sickness can be related in lots of different ways. And if I really probably went through this room today and we had real and honest conversations, we would all say at somewhere, some point in our life, there is some kind of sickness. There's something not right in our life. And so when we look at this text today and we see Lazarus and the Bible says that he was sick, we need to put ourselves into that story today. We need to imagine that we are a part of the story today so that the word of God can come alive to us. We identify with the story. We allow the Holy Spirit. This is what's cool about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit does this. The Holy Spirit goes, Listen, you know, like you're in service, you know, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, Melissa, I love you, and I want to talk to you, and Melissa's like, no, that's cool, you know, I'm going to check out some Instagram right now, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, it's for the kingdom, she said, yeah, right, (laughs) you know what I mean, and that's what the Holy Spirit does, that's the Holy Spirit's job, Holy Spirit's job is to come and interrupt our life and to reveal things to us so that Jesus can heal it, okay? What's the point of us coming here today unless Jesus comes to heal and restore our souls? Okay, verse 4 says this. When he, meaning Jesus, heard this, he said this, this sickness will not end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to God. This will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what takes place here. Okay? The Word of God, Jesus said this, in this life, you will have troubles. That's what the Word of God says. In this life, you will have troubles. But then he said, but take heart. And then what does he say? Come on, somebody help me out. Take heart. But I have what? I've overcome the world. Okay, Jesus is saying, take heart. What does that mean to take heart in him? Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says this. Now faith brings our hope into reality. Faith brings our hope into reality. Faith helps us to walk this thing out and go, I'm going to take heart in Jesus. I know right now it doesn't make sense. I know right now that... The doctors are giving me bad 
diagnosis, that everybody's speaking death against me, my job's headed in the wrong direction, I feel like my life is spinning out of control. But by faith, we learn to trust the Lord. It goes on to say this, and it becomes the foundation needed to acquire things that we long for. Anybody long for something today in your heart? There's something in your heart. Your heart's longing for it. You're desiring it, okay? It says it's the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Listen, we take heart by faith, okay? By faith. There are moments in this life, there are times in this life where you just can't understand what's going on. Anybody relate with me? You have a moment where you're like, this, this doesn't make sense. There's no rationale to what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing, okay? And by faith, not by evidence, not by the situation quickly changing, but by faith, we learn to trust in the Lord. By faith, I learn to have joy. Can I get an amen from somebody on that, okay? Listen, joy, 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 okay, listen, I got to wake y'all up today, okay? <laughs> listen, some of you are like, man, joy is when I go to Skyline after church, you know what I mean? Like, give me a Coney, that's, that's some joy to me right there, okay? Listen, I understand that, but that's just a temporary moment. It's just a quick fix. Joy comes... Because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. That's joy. Joy is I'm okay in midst of craziness because I know that I know that I know that Jesus is for me. He's not against me. That's joy. And joy comes by faith. Okay? Joy is trusting God by faith, not by circumstance. That's what joys? That's what is taking heart in him. And so how do we flesh this out in everyday life? How do we flesh out taking heart in Christ Jesus? Number one, we got to get the word of God, okay? Listen, I promise you, whatever you're going through, if you're going through loneliness, just type in, what does the Bible say about loneliness into Google? And it'll spit out about 100 verses for you. I'm dealing with anger. I put that in the other day. I said, Lord, I, I promise you. I said, Lord, I've got to get over anger. I get angry quick. I got I to gotta see what the word of God says about anger. Okay? Number one, we got to get the word of God. We got to get God's promise into our souls. Number two is this, worship music. Listen, the Bible says this, that he inhabits the praises of his people. It doesn't matter if you're praising in the shower. It doesn't matter if you're praising in the car. It doesn't matter if you're praising in the bathroom at work because you're so frustrated and you're so stressed out, but you run to the bathroom and you just start praising God. The Bible says this, that he inhabits. Okay, we take heart by worship. That's why when you leave on Sunday mornings, you're always like, man, I'm just happy. You know what I mean? You're just, you walk out of here, you're like, you got smiles on your face, you're excited about the day. It's because you've been in the presence of God. You've been in his joy, you've been in his peace, you've been in his love. He inhabits that. So we take the word of God, we take his promises, we take worship, we take the presence of God, and then we pray. And I think sometimes we are so afraid to pray. 
Because we think, well, I don't really know how to pray. Well, you know how to talk, okay? You know? You know how to call a friend. You know how to talk to somebody. You know how to pray then. Because that's how I talk to God. When I come in here, when I'm at my house, I'm not, I'm not always saying everything perfectly. I'm just speaking from my heart. I'm just telling them what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm going through. Verse 11 says this. Lazarus, our friend, this is what Jesus said. I'm sorry, I missed that part. So then Jesus added, Lazarus, our friend, has just fallen asleep. It's time I go awaken him. Verse 12. When they heard this, the disciples replied, Lord, if he's just fallen asleep, then he'll get better. Jesus was speaking about Lazarus' death. But the disciples perceived that he was talking about natural sleep. So verse 14, Jesus makes it clear to them. He says, listen, Lazarus is dead. You ever read the Bible and you're like, Jesus, what are you doing here, okay? You just told them that he was asleep. If I was a disciple, I would have been like low-key angry that day. You know what I mean? I would have been just like, for real? Like, why you got to lie to me? You know what I mean? You said he was asleep. Now you just told me he's dead? Like, what's going on, Jesus? Can you just be, like, clear about this? See, there's something that Jesus, the God of the whole entire universe, there's something that he wants us to get. There's something that he wanted the disciples to get in that moment, in that second. Remember what Jesus said, verse 11. Lazarus, our friend, has just fallen asleep. Then in verse 14, he says, Lazarus is dead. Jesus wants us to get something, okay? He wants us to understand one principle, okay? If you remember one thing today, if you write down one thing today, here it is, okay? Jesus wants you and I to understand that nothing is ever dead in Christ Jesus. Did you get that? He makes it clear, no, Lazarus, he's dead, but he's really not dead because he's in me. And when it's in me, nothing is ever dead. And I understand. There's real moments in this life where we feel like things are dead. We feel like, man, my marriage is dead. I feel so disconnected from my spouse. I feel like we're a million miles away. I feel like we're not on the same page. I feel like this, and it can feel dead. But Jesus says, no, if you put it in me, if you give it to me, nothing in this world is dead inside of me. Nothing. Nothing is dead. Jesus wants them to understand something. It may look dead, it may smell dead. You ever smelled dead before? No, I'm serious, okay? It's an awful smell, okay? When I was growing up, we lived on a nine-acre farm. Some guy had a heart attack, drove his car into our woods, died. He rotted in his car all summer long. We wondered what the smell was all summer long, okay? Listen, it might look dead. It might smell dead. It might feel dead, 
You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus said this. He's just falling asleep. He's just falling asleep. He just, he's just asleep. Can I talk to somebody that feels like today God has forgotten about you? Can I talk to somebody who feels like all the good men have been taken? Can I talk to somebody who feels? Can I get an amen? It's real. Like God gave them all away already. Can I talk to somebody who feels like, man, I'm in debt, and how am I ever going to get out of debt? I've been there before. I remember, I remember days when me and Jess would go look at houses. In the back of my head, I thought, man, I'll never own a house. So you thought, you thought that money and stuff in this life would satisfy you. thought that that traumatic moment that happened in your past was going to define you. You thought that you could never get past depression. You thought, just like Mary and Martha thought, just like the disciples thought, it's dead, it's over. But Jesus comes and he goes, no, he's just falling asleep. Because nothing's dead in me. If you'll just give it to me, I'll prove to you. I'll show you. See, this is what faith is. Faith is when you feel like, no, this is dead. I don't know what to do. It was two times, it was two times I thought for sure that the deal on this building was dead. We went to Michigan for Christmas. The realtor called me. It's like a day before Christmas. We're like getting into it on our own. We're going back and forth. And on the phone, he told me, he's like, he goes, I don't, I don't think we can come to an agreement. I don't think we can get there. You know what I did that next Sunday? I got on stage that Sunday, and I riled all of you up. And I riled the devil up. Because you got to learn to believe. You got to learn to walk in faith. That's what maturity is. That's what mature Christians do. Mature believers go, I know it feels dead. I know it looks dead. And I know it smells dead. And I know it doesn't make sense right now. But I know that I know that I know that I know that if I give it to Jesus, it's not dead. It's just asleep. Jesus said he's just asleep. Verse 15, now this is my, this is honestly my favorite part of the whole entire story. And I understand that if you've been in church any length of time, you understand that, G, that Lazarus 
is raised from the dead. Spoiler alert, okay? Sorry about that, okay? Like, he comes out of the grave, okay? And I know that should be my favorite part. But right here is my favorite part. Verse 15. Jesus says, and for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because now you have another opportunity to see who I am. So, so, so what? That you will learn to trust in me. So that you will learn to trust in me. See, you got to understand, the older I get, the un- I understand this that Jesus is bringing us full circle all the time with our life. We're just walking this circle, this journey with Christ, the journey with Christ. See, there's this moment that Christ will bring you to where you'll go, okay, do I believe? Do I really believe this? I mean, like, really believe this. Like, come on, guys. We're giving our life to this. To somebody we've never met. Somebody we've never seen. Somebody we've never touched. And Christ will bring us to this moment where he'll go, do you believe? And we'll go, yes, I believe. And then we are on the journey of life again. We're walking the journey with God, and we're good, and we're praising him. We're excited about what he's doing. And then a moment happens we don't understand. We can't grasp. It's tragic. And then we're right back to the same place. Where is that place? Do you believe? See, this is what Jesus cared about. Everybody cared about Lazarus, but Jesus cared about what? So that you may believe in me. See? See, when you choose, (coughs) when you choose in faith to say, I believe in you, Jesus. Okay? In faith. Not, Not in the happy moments. Not in the... Jesus just gave us a $1,000 moment. You know what I mean? No, in these moments, when you go, yes, I believe. In faith, it anchors you. You become like a great tree where the roots go down deep. And they draw from the very bottom. And your roots go down deep in Christ Jesus. And it anchors you. And then when storms come, and you get to the other side, and you get out of the storm, it's all because of what? Because you're trust in Christ Jesus. Because you believed. Because you trusted. Listen, I know I met you last week, and I don't know your name, but all I know is this, is that is that God is pulling on you. He is pulling on your soul. He's saying, listen, if you'll just trust me, if you'll believe me in a new way, I'm going to do extraordinary things through your family. I'm going to do extraordinary things through you. He's got his hand on your family, in Jesus' name. This is what Christ desires. 
You are strong. See, we think that the question is really about the situation or the problem, right? That, that's where all of our questions lie, about the moment when what I feel and what I'm going through. And we're always focused on what? What is everybody focused on in this story? They're focused on lack, right? They're focused on that Lazarus is dead, okay? And they're focused on what they don't have. And this happens to us all the time in life. We are so focused on what we don't possess, We're so focused on what the devil is doing all the time. And that's not the real question. The real question is this. Is Jesus enough? Right? Is Jesus enough? Because if he really is enough, and if what he said is enough, then nothing's dead. Right? No matter what I'm facing. No matter how bad it hurts, no matter how tragic the moment was, no matter how bad my relationship is with my in-laws, no matter how bad my marriage is, no matter what's going on at my job, no matter, no matter if I believe that Jesus is enough, then I can give it to him. And I know that he can heal and restore and renew and take something that is dead and bring it back to life. takes us full circle. It keeps taking us. And this happens over and over and over again in our life. And every time we choose, our roots go down deeper and deeper and deeper in God's love. And this is what it says in the book of Ephesians. It goes deeper and deeper into God's love. And then we are made strong. We're made strong. You know what I love about talking to older gentlemen that have served the Lord for a very long time? is you will see this confidence in their eyes. You'll see the steely look in their eyes. And, you, and they'll just look at you and go, it'll be okay. And you go, how? I don't understand it. Well, they do. They've been, they've been full circle a bunch of times. And they saw God's goodness, and they saw God's faithfulness, and they saw God's love, and they saw God's mercy. And now they've just, they've done it long enough. They know that they know that they know. You know what? We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Verse 17. Now when they arrived at Bethany, which is only two miles away from Jerusalem, Jesus, Jesus was found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Many friends of Mary and Martha had come to the region to console over their loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was approaching the village, she went out to meet him, and Mary stayed at home. And Martha comes to Jesus, and Martha says this, My Lord, if you had only come sooner, if you had only shown up a little bit sooner, my brother wouldn't be dead. She's basically calling out Jesus saying, where were you? You forget about us? We sent word to you. You knew about it. You didn't come soon enough. Where were you, Jesus? If you you would only show up. Tell me this doesn't sound like something. If only God would have done something. If only God would have been there. If only, if only, if only. 
See, the devil loves to blame God for what he does, right? The devil loves to deceive us and to provoke us into the sense that we can feel like, now I can't trust you, right? Isn't that really what she's saying? She's saying, if you would have only been here, he would have been okay, but he's not, and now I can't trust you. Now I can't believe in you. The devil loves to play with our emotions and feed on our flesh and make us feel like anything at the moment, anything is better than what I'm feeling. So just give me something to make my soul satisfied at the moment. The devil loves to play with our minds and tell us in our minds that our marriage, our dreams, our body, everything that's been going on, everything is dead. It's been dead for four years. It's in the grave. The devil loves to tell us that he's forgotten about us. The devil loves to play with us. You know what the devil loves most of all is this. He loves most of all when you lose hope. When you lose hope. Because you know what happens? You keep coming to church. It's the saddest thing. I mean, I've been in church a long time. I can point it out pretty quickly. You're sitting in church every week, but you've lost hope. And you don't see Jesus as the restorer anymore. You don't see Jesus as the one of the impossible anymore. You don't don't think that Jesus can heal that situation. You literally will sit in church, and I'll talk. I will talk about the Word of God, and I'll preach the Word of God. And you'll just go, I know, but I feel sick. And I've been sick. And he didn't heal me. And he didn't change this. And it's never going to, it's never going to change. The devil loves that. He goes, yeah, you keep going to church. He doesn't care you go to church. Going to church doesn't make you a true believer in Christ Jesus any more than going to McDonald's makes you a cheeseburger. Okay? (laughs) It's the truth. He loves when you lose hope. Because when you lose hope, you lose faith. You lose vision. You lose everything. You're just a shell of yourself. And eventually, happens all the time in church. One day you'll be sitting in church and you'll go, why am I here? I could have been sleeping in this Sunday. Because you lost hope. And and the devil goes, yeah, if, if God would have just shown up, if he would have just been there in that moment, you wouldn't be in this position. Verse 23, Jesus told them, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. She said, yes, I know he will rise with everyone on resurrection day. Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I am. Jesus says, I am. What is he saying that I am? He's saying, I am. He's saying that I am life. I'm everything. I am. I'm the one who created you. I'm the one who created this planet. I'm the one that holds it in my hand. I'm the one that gives you life every day. I'm the one that helps you to breathe every day. I am. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am life eternal. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live for forever. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. 
So a lot of you know this. My mom got cancer last year, you know, and um, I'll never forget the day she called me and she told me, I was on the phone with her, and she said, I said, Mom, what are you going to do? Are you going to go get treatment? And she said, no, I don't feel like the Lord wants me to do that. I'm just going to stand in faith. And I said, Mom, you know I'll stand in faith. <laughs> so I was standing in faith with you, and we did. And last summer I was praying one day, and the Holy Spirit said, hey, your mom's going to come home to see me and I just had to be okay it was like the Holy Spirit was preparing me I'm at my mom's funeral this was in January my aunt she showed me this because my mom couldn't talk she had cancer in her mouth so she had to write everything My mom showed me, my, my aunt showed me this thing that my mom wrote. And my mom wrote in detail this dream that she had. And in the dream, she went to heaven. She said in the dream there was just my mom loved flowers. She was my mom, like, if she was here today, man, she would have had a big, poofy, pink dress on. I promise you, she would have looked like, remember the show Dallas, okay? Remember that back from the 80s, like, big, poofy hair and big dresses? That was my mom in 2019, okay? I mean, I wanted to get her a makeover every time I saw her, I promise you, okay? But she loved, like, big, fancy things. And she said in the dream that there was just beautiful flowers everywhere. And she said she loved, she loved cabins. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. But she loved cabins. She said in the dream there was this beautiful cabin. She said at the front door of the cabin was my grandparents, her mom and dad. She said in the dream, she said, my grandma said, We've been waiting so long. And we threw you this party. We're so happy you're here. See, we think that death ends stuff, but death does not end anything when we're in Christ Jesus. When we are in Christ Jesus, Jesus is making it clear, even in physical death, it's okay. I promise you today, and I said this at my mom's funeral. I said, listen, I promise you this. If you gave her the opportunity to come back today, she wouldn't. She's with Jesus. She's with Jesus. I can't wait to see Jesus. Remember, nothing is dead in Christ Jesus, in Jesus, nothing is dead. He's so good. Verse 33. You can come on up. When Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet, and he called, weeping at his feet, 
and all of her friends with her were grieving. It says this, that Jesus shouted with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. Verse 34, he said to them, where did you bury him? Lord, come with us and we'll show you, they replied. Verse 35, Jesus, then tears streamed down Jesus' face. I'm so thankful that Jesus cares about what we care about. Aren't you? Aren't you glad that God has empathy and compassion and love and he cares about what you care about? Verse 38, it says this, Jesus, with insane motion, came to the tomb, a cave with a stone placed over the entrance. Verse 39, Jesus told them, roll away the stone. But then Martha said this, but Lord, it's been four days since he's been dead. By now, surely the body is decaying. so thankful that Jesus isn't afraid of our junk. I'm so thankful that Jesus isn't intimidated by the decay of our life. I'm so thankful that when we're dripping with pain and we're dripping with bondage and sin and shame and we feel self-hatred for ourselves and, and we're decaying, Jesus goes, no, roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. Because Jesus meets you right where you're at. That's what I love about it. I'm sorry that you grew up in church that told you and made you feel like you had to get it all together. Jesus goes, come here, Hector. My man. You know what I love about Hector? He's the most real person. He's just like honest. And I love it. I love it about it. You know what I love about me and Hector? Is that I'm not perfect. And Hector's not perfect. And Jesus is totally okay with it. And he's totally proud of Hector. And he totally accepts Hector. And he totally loves Hector. And he goes... Hector, you just come to me. Roll away the stone. I'll never forget the first Sunday Hector sat in service. He sat in that service, and he mean-mugged me the whole entire service. I mean, he was just too cool. You know what Jesus said? He said, roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. I love Hector. This is why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come and give his life for no reason. He came and he gave his life so that you can find healing and restoration. 
so that you can come back to life in Christ Jesus. Hector is going to be a better husband. He's going to be a better dad. He's going to be a better friend. He's going to be a better co-worker, not because of church, but because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information. 